In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com and get up to 15% off your first purchase as a member with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for up to 15% off your first purchase as a member. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Ladies and gentlemen, may I have your attention, please? You are listening to The Big Cruise Podcast. Hello and welcome to episode 103 of The Big Cruise Podcast. My name is Baz, I'm your host, and it's with great pleasure that we bring you the latest episode, which was recorded on Sunday the 12th of June. Um, this is the first podcast uh, that we've done since we're back on land. Of course, the last one was, of course, uh, on board Pacific Explorer. And in just a minute, Chris will be joining us to bring up to date with all the latest cruise news and uh, thank you in advance to all those that sent in questions uh, that came in around Pacific Explorer and there was a lot of questions that came in around about ships horns and ships whistles which we'll answer with Chris in just a second um, but also lots of great feedback about uh, the little cruise podcast the little uh, bonus segment that we included with uh, some great kids that were on board Pacific Explorer it seemed to, to really uh, connect with you the listeners and many of you did uh, write in to, to thank us for including that so we uh, We'll try and do that whenever we can, when we're out and about on a ship, maybe if we can, uh, with the permission of uh, the adults and the parents, uh, bring uh, the, the children's views of cruising. It, uh, it was certainly uh, a great part of uh, last episode. But I think it's probably time to jump straight in it. Let's get Chris on the line. And let's start talking all things cruise news. Enjoy the show. And we're back on land, but it's always good to be back with Chris. Chris, welcome back to the show, mate. Thank you. It's a little bit different this time than last time, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're back to doing it remotely. Remotely, um, cold and wintry day as opposed to beautiful sunny days at sea. <laughs> but gosh, was it wonderful to be on Pacific Explorer, Baz. Oh, it was. And we've had so much great feedback um, oh about, gosh, the, yes. about not just the podcast, but about, you know, what the ship was like and so many questions coming through. Yeah. And uh, I think the resounding success was the the Little Cruise podcast, the kids. I've had so many yeah. comments from people loving the kids being a part of the show. So um, that was good, that was good to, to get them involved as well. Yeah, it was just um, so special to be back at sea as well. I can see why everybody around the world who's been cruising seems so happy since, you know, we've yep. definitely had a smile on our faces the last week. 
of course, and uh, we'll talk about it in cruise news in a minute. But of course, the second um, ship for Australia, which will be Coral mm. Princess, we'll cover that in a minute, has arrived into to Australia. Oh, how exciting! We've got a couple of questions that came in around the the podcast that we did from Pacific Explorer. And mm. funnily enough, they're all around um, the, the ship's whistle or the ship's horn, as some people yep. refer to it. Um, first one, uh, Gary, who was actually in Sydney as we sailed under the bridge and heard the, the blast himself, actually sent in a video of uh, a ship whistle off, I guess you'd call it, between the Diamond Princess and Holland America Line's Volendam yep. um, when he was sailing. So, uh, yeah, that's obviously something that happens in some ports where they're permitted, where the ships to have a little uh, battle of who's got the best horn or who's uh, who can outdo each other um, oh, and i've yeah. seen a few of those around the, the world so thanks for sending that one in gary there's some good ones on youtube actually if you google the horns of the disney ships because they don't just play like the the, the standard blasts they actually yep. also play disney music yeah and then um when the queen mary 2 had its 10th uh birthday mm. it um arrived in southampton and uh, Queen Victoria and Queen Elizabeth were there, and they played "Happy Birthday" on their horns uh, oh, really? for Queen Mary too. Yeah, so you can see that on YouTube as well if you just uh, just uh, search for it. Yeah, the new princess ships also do the the love boat theme tune as well. So the majestic oh, cool. kind of class. Yeah, they they can uh, do different things. So it's very clever what they can do That's with the. Uh, this nowadays um, but a couple of extra questions also came in um and i guess i probably uh, touched on that because i just referred to it as the ship's whistle or the ship's horn but sanjeet said chris what is the difference if any between a ship's whistle and a ship's horn yeah so i mean the old liners they used to have uh, whistles which were air powered or steam powered um and were like literally whistles in design on the usually on the funnels and the high pressure steam pipes that were being fed up from the uh, bleed off the steam engines they would go up and vent near the whistle and then when the um, captain or officers on the bridge wanted to sound a signal mm. um, they could pull on a chain or, or on, a, on a lever in the bridge which would be directly connected to the whistle which would then open the valve which would allow the air to go through through the whistle so yep. if you think of our actual sort of physical whistle where the air passes through and it's the the movement of the air through that sort of mechanism that makes the sound um that's the whistle uh over time they were gradually superseded by by horns which are mm -hmm. obviously designed slightly differently um interestingly enough you could still have air uh powered uh horns um and so if you think of a ship like the the queen mary for example she had a had a horn uh, or series of horns, uh, one of which now sails on board the Queen Mary 2. It was steam-powered. It was then converted to, to air power. And it was just the way that the the, the, the horn device was um, activated was through air. Yep. And you also have electric ones, which of which the sound is um, obviously generated by, by electric uh, current. Um, and so a ship like, say, the QE2, for example, which was quite famous for its, its horn, it had a very distinctive sound. Mm -hmm. um, she actually had three. Um, there was an air, um, an electric, and a typhoon whistle um, on the ship. Oh. Um, and the two whistles on the mast, one was air and one was electric. And one of the um, horns on the mast was actually slightly out of key. So Kiwi 2's <laughs> um, uh, horn was uh, an A, uh, two octaves below middle A. Um, but one was slightly out of tune. And that's why when you hear Kiwi 2's horn, it makes a kind of, rumbling kind of wumba 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 kind of sound 
and it was a, it was an error that it sounded so good that they didn't correct it. So oh, wow. <laughs> um, they left it, um, and that gave her dis- the distinctive voice that the, that ship had. But yeah, most of them now these days, obviously, are, are built with horns. Yeah, exactly. Uh, another question that came in was from Ali asking, uh, "What do the various signals uh, mean via the whistle or horn?" Um, mm. She's obviously heard on her personal cruises three short blasts just prior just prior to the ship leaving port. Um, any idea what uh, any of the other signals might mean? Yeah, well, I mean, the three short blasts is um, that well, it's, it's generally that they're operating the engines astern, but it also kind of reflects that the ship is stopping, reversing, operating slowly. Um, so that's why you quite often will hear it on arrivals and departures. Um, yep. And it's kind of become the, the default farewell. I mean, these days, obviously, ships don't necessarily run astern to get out of dock. They have their azipods and their thrusters, so they can just maneuver out sideways. But the three blasts have kind of become a, a bit of a, a bit of a trademark mm-hmm. um, there. There's the one short horn, which generally means that they're altering course to the right. Um, two short horns uh, blasts, which is altering course to the um to the left or to the port side mm-hmm. um there's five blasts which i believe is that um it's like two ships or two boats communicating with each other that's saying that they're not too sure what the intentions of the other one are and they oh, think right. that they could well be um you know some some concern about the the maneuver maneuverability and how close the two vessels are so they'll kind of communicate that way um and a longhorn is quite often associated with um nearing a blind turn or, or reduce visibility, which is why you quite okay. often will hear, say, in, in foggy conditions, yeah. um, the long blast on the foghorn. And, in fact, I've got um, some great video of that um, on my YouTube channel from Queen Mary 2 and, and Queen Elizabeth, in fact, um, both of which we were sailing in fog. But, um, look, there are different regulations in different areas. So what I'm talking about is, is, is sort of um, standard for um, the east coast of Australia, but... Um, you know, if you were if you were actually operating a boat, don't take this as, um, as uh-huh. official advice or anything. You must always check your 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 local um your areas. But when it comes to the, the passenger ships, they they generally sort of standardise the the rules. And of course, these days there's radar and consistent radio communication as well. So the horn, whilst important, is is probably more symbolic in many cases than it is actually you know telling other ships what they what they're specifically doing. Yeah, but I have had the the long blasts uh, cruising through Norway and Alaska, where there has been mm. reduced visibility due to fog. That's that's definitely something that there's used for for navigational aids or for aiding yeah. other vessels in the area, I guess. Um, but yeah, some great questions there, and uh, thanks, Chris, for for helping out with those. Um, no hopefully, we'll be back at sea pretty soon, and we can uh, hear some future oh, whistles yes. as well. How awesome mm-hmm. was it when it sounded the horn going under the bridge? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's particularly special when you're cruising out of Sydney, was... of course. Yeah, and obviously that was a long blast. They had they had perfect visibility. That that I imagine was just was just to show off. We're celebrating, <laughs> yeah, exactly, um, and and rightly so. Yeah, it was great to be a part of it, and uh, thank you once again to PNO Australia um, for inviting us. It was very, very uh, monumental to be a part of that particular experience, and uh, we look forward to doing it again in the future if anybody else would like to uh, invite us. But uh, <laughs> going to take a quick break, Chris, and then we've got a little bit of uh, cruise news to get through today. Sounds great. <laughs> 
Hello, it's me again. Just wanted to thank those of you that have supported us via Buy Me A Coffee. Um, if you're not familiar with that uh, system, it's a little bit like Patreon, where you can support your favourite YouTuber or artist. Um, we use Buy Me A Coffee, which is basically because we love coffee. Um, and in a nutshell, you can donate the cost of a coffee, about four Australian dollars, or multiple coffees if you prefer. Um, and in return, you receive priority access to all of the podcasts. So it doesn't matter where you listen to your podcast. If you support us via Buy Me A Coffee, you will receive an email every week um, just saying the new podcast is live and available. Here's the link, or listen to it in your favourite podcast. And uh, it gets to you about... 12 to 24 hours before anybody else gets access to it so it's a, a great little bonus there and uh, once again it's about four Aussie dollars um, one coffee multiple coffees you decide but every little donation is greatly appreciated and just a reminder you can find the link uh, to buy me a coffee in the show notes on the website and uh, also via the buy me a coffee app thanks in advance be sure to share the podcast on your favorite social media channels Okay, Chris, over the weekend, uh, we're expecting uh, some news from the US around the relaxation of COVID testing, I believe. Yeah, it looks like no more testing for passengers in the United States ports, at least, from the 12th of June, Baz. Yeah, great for people that either live in America and are coming back um, into a port in the US, that it's no longer a requirement to be tested. And also for anybody else in the world who's wanting to go to America, you're no longer required to do a COVID test before you get on a flight to go to the States. So uh, that's all uh, set to come through as of the 12th. Uh, this has been recorded on the 12th. So uh, great news all round. And um, we just touched on as well that uh, the second ship, Coral Princess, is the second ship to arrive here in uh, Australia. Where is she going to be home porting, Chris? In Brisbane, taking advantage of that new cruise terminal there, um, yeah. and of course Coral Princess. She's a, she looks like a beautiful ship from all the from all the imagery and pictures we've we've seen some video of her arriving into Australia as well. So she's looking um, looking good and ready to welcome on board passengers in the near future. Yeah, she's going to be sailing out of Brisbane from June through to August. She's got a range of three to 12-night voyages. Mm. And, uh, of course, uh, all the princess ships are now medallion-enabled, which uh, really will make a big difference to the to the onboard experience. Um, we also had a little bit of news out of uh, Virgin Voyages this week. They've unfortunately had to make the tough decision to revise the launch of Resilient Lady. Yeah, so it was uh, initially um, set to uh, cruise from Athens in mid-August, um, but it's actually going to be remaining in Genoa for a bit longer with onboard work being completed. Um, and I suppose this is also, you know, something we've seen around the world with shortages in terms of um, construction and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's pretty ambitious, you know, Virgin Voyages launching these ships so quickly and with all of the impact of COVID to get the, to lo- the line up and, and up and running again. So I'm, I'm pretty sure most people will understand that there's a few sort of teething problems with these sorts of these sorts of things. Yeah, of course, they've got the two ships already in operation, one out of uh, Florida, uh, one out of Barcelona at the moment, and then Resilient um, should have launched in August. She said she's actually going to be coming out in May of 2023. And of course, she is the third ladyship and the one that will be coming to Australia. So we look forward to seeing her in uh, the flesh as well towards the end of next year. Carnival's actually got some new news, Chris, around um, actually quite important for a lot of cruisers, I think. It's all around uh, allergies. What's happening? Yeah, they're introducing a menu mate, which is a food ingredient program that allows people who have, you know, obviously access to need to have access to special diets or, or um, are allergic to certain ingredients to, to more easily identify what they can and sort of can't eat. You know, what was interesting. Mm-hmm. This is obviously becoming more and more um, sort of, uh, you know, recognized worldwide because yeah. on the P&O cruise, I did notice that they first asked before any meal orders were taken if there were any allergy requirements and i also noticed it on the plane as well um which which, you know i had had quite a long hiatus from travel with with covid being over here in australia and didn't really remember hearing that beforehand 
um, you know, well, in 2019, for example. So I think yeah, it's obviously yeah. becoming sort of something that's more noted worldwide. Um, but for Carnival, it um, will eliminate sort of the process of talking and explaining to wait staff and chefs and that what your dietary requirements are uh, because they can identify you as the passenger and then that can be sort of um, added in through the program. Yeah, I guess it can also be uh, just a lack of uh, communication. I mean, if you if you speaking to the waiter, they've got to go and ask the, the chef. Whereas all this information mm. is centrally held on the, the the tablet or the device, and it can be easily accessible by all. So it's going to make things a, a lot easier For on sure. board the ships. And I wouldn't be surprised if more cruise lines follow suit as well. Now, next up, Norwegian Cruise Line Holdings, which is a parent company, of course, for Norwegian Mm -hmm. Regent and Oceania. They've uh, just committed to uh, their further enhancements to sail sustainably. What's it all about? Yeah, so this is their program to, um, you know, supercharge their environmental uh, and social responsibility, I suppose. Yeah. Um, And they've commissioned this report. So some of the highlights include a commitment to uh, net zero greenhouse gas emissions by 2050, which I think is something that we're seeing like a lot of countries around the world adapting to as well. Um, There's going to be short and near-term greenhouse gas reductions across the fleet on their path to net zero, um, investigating in the feasibility of retrofishing retrofitting their existing, um, I guess, diesel-powered uh, ships yeah. to operate with uh, either, well, with diesel as well as with methanol fuels. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's just sort of greening up the, the fuel source, I suppose, because sort of crude crude diesel is quite, um, yep. or, the, or the heavy diesel is quite uh, um, particle, particle rich. So a lot of cruise lines are looking at that, which is why we're seeing so many LNG ships coming into service as well. Um, they're going to be looking at testing the use of that methanol fuel by 2025. Um, they want 70% of the fleet to be equipped with shore power capabilities in 2025, and they'll be offsetting 3 million metric tons of carbon dioxide, uh, through their carbon offset program. And yeah, we're seeing a lot of this from the different cruise lines now, aren't they? They're all, all making great steps in the right direction. And uh, great news now from the uh, Seabourn family. Of course, they have just celebrated the return of their entire fleet. Which was the last ship, Chris? Seabourn Sojourn. So her, um, yeah, she's a lovely little ship. Um, Her return to service on the 6th of June um, means that the the fleet's now back back in service. She's operating out of Athens and uh, spending the summer in, in Europe. Um, so all five of their ships are now back in service. Um, so that's also including Encore, Quest, um, Odyssey and Ovation, as well as Seaborn Venture, which is the company's first of the um, luxury purpose-built expedition ship. Yeah, great news um, for Seaborn. Well done to all. And of course, we're now getting to a point where we're seeing more and more cruise lines having uh, almost all, or if not all, of their ships back in operation. Now, staying with the Carnival Corporation, next up, we've got Holland America Line. Whilst we were kind of out at sea, Chris, they actually christened their uh, latest ship, which, of course, we've spoken a little bit about, the MS Rotterdam. That's right. Yes, Her Royal Highness Princess Marguerite of the Netherlands. She um, was the uh, godmother of this particular ship, uh, the latest in a long line of flagships called Rotterdam. And of course, this one has an interesting backstory as well, which we have spoken about in previous podcasts. So mm. if you're interested, check that out as well. Uh, but yes, the ship's now um, been, been officially named and uh, you know, sorry that we're a little bit late on that, but we were a bit distracted with our cruise. But <laughs> um, she's the third in the pinnacle class to sail with them and the seventh ship in the Holland America Line's history to carry the name Rotterdam. 
And of course, Holland America has got its uh, its origins, its uh, roots firmly in and Holland and has a very, very strong connection with uh, the House of Orange and the royal family uh, from the Netherlands. So uh, they've always had a, a great impact in uh, or a great part in the christening and launching of, of Holland America ships. So it's great that that tradition does continue. Um, next, we'll move over to Windstar Cruises. They've uh, reimagined the last of the star class of ships, which of course yes. is Star Pride, and she's making her debut. Yeah, so she's the last of the um, Star Plus class to be to be reimagined, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Um, made her debut. She's sailing out of Athens. So Athens is a busy port at the moment, isn't it? Yeah. Um, she's on a sold-out voyage, so um, that's great news as well. And it just goes to show the resilience and, and demand for cruising, as I would keep saying. Um, and she's the... Uh, you know, the third of those ships to have that that upgrade, one of their uh, super yachts that they've got there, so different from their um, sailing vessels, which, of course, um, uh, you know, uh, the company was known for. But all six of the company's suite or sailing yachts are, are back um, cruising now as well, which is great news. Mm. Of course, some of the extensive work that they did on this cost uh, over $250 million, but the, the biggest investment was actually in the, the engine and the generators on board to, to bring them mm. up to, to modern standards, which is uh, great work. Yeah. And uh, as we've said before, these Windstar yachts take anything from 200 to 300 or just a little over 300 mm. guests. And just a really nice ambience on they, board. They were, they were uh, famous back in their previous life as well as uh, Seaborn's yes, uh, yes, original fleet and um star legend which is one of the windstar ships she was actually seaborne legend which you can see in a starring role in speed two <laughs> yeah so, we've, yeah we have to mention that before yeah i remember that i mean i know it's just remarkable to see a, a passenger ship being featured in a movie like that particularly when it uh, ran aground of course it was all done by cgi the ship itself was never never in any danger brilliant now we've got some great news for pandor which is of course the pioneering river cruise operator up in asia we did speak about these a couple of months ago when unfortunately the company did look like it was going to fold but uh, things have improved and they've actually just launched or will be launching their their next new ship for the vietnam region yeah, so she's well. She's scheduled to be launched uh, or to come online in mid twenty twenty three, so mid next year. Yeah. Um, her name is Song Hung, and she will be, um, you know, as you say, joining the fleet um, with a route through North Vietnam. So that's um, that's you know exciting news for this particular line, which, as you say, was was looking a little bit uh, wobbly for a while there. That's right. This particular vessel's only got 10 staterooms, so she's very intimate. So she's a bit smaller than the previous Pandora ships. But that's because of the, the difficulties in navigating the, the Red mm. and the Black River in far northern uh, Vietnam. Yeah. Of course, uh, the Pandora became famous uh, sailing between Vietnam and Cambodia on the, the, the bigger vessels. But now they're investing in uh, some of the smaller, far-reaching waterways of, of Asia, which is great as well. And they have that ultra shallow draft to allow them to um, get into those really thin or really shallow rather ports, which is yeah. something that makes them stand out as well. Yeah, no, great. Great news for Pandora. Um, we've also got some great news out of Germany. A Rosa, which is a river cruise line that uh, pops up on the podcast every now and again, they've actually completely removed um, most of the COVID restrictions on board all of their vessels, mm. with the exception of Portugal. Yeah, it looks like this is sort of a, as the world sort of moves on from um, COVID restrictions, it's it's trickling down through through cruising as well. So, you know, different countries are in different stages of their COVID uh, relaxation procedures, and it looks like Europe's now taking that step. Yeah, no, it's... Well, most uh, of it, news. anyway. 
Good news once again. As I said, the only exception there is Portugal, um, and that's just because of the regional restrictions in that area, but elsewhere on uh, the Rhine, the Main, the Danube, and the Rhone and the Sone, and everywhere else that a Rosa cruise, uh, things are pretty much back to normal. Uh, Chris, this uh, next bit of news, uh, I put it in uh, just because it made me me chuckle. Uh, Yeah, for sure. I can see why. <laughs> so uh, obviously we were on board Pacific Explorer and uh, whilst we were away, P&O did a very good job in releasing different stories of different yeah. um, service providers that were thankfully back at work and having uh, some some great activity provisioning the ships, etc. But this mm-hmm. particular supplier, what was she doing? What was Carol up to, Chris? Carol Johns, I think her name is. Yeah, she was fine-tuning the pianos on board. And I can tell you, she did a great job because there were <laughs> a lot of pianos on board the ship, it seemed. Um, there was sort of lots of different areas of the ship where they had had music, um, which was one of the things we spoke about. Um, yep. And, you know, as far as I could tell, it was all tuned perfectly. So it was lovely. But um, Carol is a professional musician. Um, she says it takes about two hours to tune a piano properly. Um, but, of course, I mean, Pacific Explorer um, actually has five pianos. So, yeah, I was right. There's quite a few. Um, and for two years of them sort of just sitting relatively idle, it did take a little bit of time for her to get them um, uh, all up to, to top notch again. Um, and apparently each piano has more than 220 strings. Um, yeah, which I didn't know that. about 88 notes. I know, neither did I. And, and I actually learned piano as a kid, so there you go. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> But uh, that's the sort of work that's required behind the scenes. And, you know, it's interesting, having done quite a lot of, um, world cruise segments. I, I do recall very much um, walking through the ships when, particularly in ports that I'd been to many times, when I was maybe preparing yep. for lectures or events or whatever, and the passengers are all ashore. And you will hear through the corridors of the ships in the public areas, ding, 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 ding. And it's because <laughs> the piano tuners are on board. Uh, they usually yep. jump on board in the ports when people are off to try and get the pianos up to scratch. So. Yeah, good yeah work, it must Carol. be the movement. I'm guessing it's the, the movement of the ship that uh, requires them to be tuned that little bit more often than if they were on land, I guess. For sure. Um, in fact, uh, some of the ships that um, I've sailed on, you know, you'll notice that the pianos, particularly the large grand pianos, um, are quite often positioned on sort of like the, the wheels or the base of the piano are on sort of um, like holders, which I think takes some of that uh, motion away to try and reduce oh, the, okay. the vibrations and stuff on the on the piano. And uh, it was good that Piano could share some of those stories of the people that uh, that were doing uh, their little bit to, to get cruising, rehappening, and showcasing some of the work that happens behind the scenes. That's all we've got uh, in the cruise news this week. But, of course, uh, you did put out a, a little video of uh, our time on board, which included a little snippet of me and also some of the other guests. So uh, that's out in the YouTube universe for them to find on your channel, of course. Yeah, and I'm already seeing some people in the comments. Uh, thank you so much for those of you who have already watched it. I know Barry also shared it with um, our Buy Me A Coffee um, family yeah. as well. But, um, you know, we've already seen some comments in there, people saying oh, how nice it is to see to see Baz. And, you know, remarkably, um, uh, your interview, of course, was, was very much appreciated. But I was just by by chance sitting at the uh, at the window near the gangway at the time when Barry was 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 boarding the ship. And I managed to capture <laughs> you coming on board. And, and that, that little bit of footage has gotten some, some good use as well. And a few people saying, hey, Baz, it's nice to see you. But if you haven't checked out the, um, the video, um, the more direct 
uh, views that that the video gets, the more the algorithm thinks that it's of interest and then starts pushing it sort of to people. And I could really appreciate the the support. So if you if you have got a moment, Barry's put a, a link in the in the show notes to the video. Um, go and check it out. Um, see what it was like on Pacific Explorer. And if nothing else, just enjoy the sound of that whistle as we go under the Sydney Harbour Bridge. Yeah, that was a very I special should say moment. Horn. It was a horn. It was not a whistle. It was a horn. I should say horn. <laughs> <laughs> same, same, but different. Yeah, exactly. But we don't want to confuse anybody further. They will. <laughs> great, Chris. Now, we, of course, will have that link to the video in the show notes. We always do. It's uh, great to have Chris a part of the show and also share his uh, items that he does do on YouTube with, with the listeners. Thanks, as always, Chris. And uh, actually... I'm not around next week, so there probably won't be a podcast next week. So we'll uh, speak to you in two weeks' time and be back with the listeners around about the same time as well. How are we going to cope without you, Baz? Ah, we'll, we'll. We'll be good. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Until next time. That's all for today. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Until next time, bon voyage. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.